As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Dr. Rusty ranks beers, where I pick a brand, drink 12 of them, and then give it a score. Today we got the long-awaited Bud Platinum. Guys are four in. Uh, we're loving what we're seeing. Going to make some pretty sweet sea glass in like a couple years. But uh, other than that, now Michelle's to report. We'll keep you posted after the eighth one. All right, guys, we're eight in. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Hitting a little different than the uh, normal buds. But uh, they're feeling good. Nothing else to report. We'll keep you posted after the 12th one. All right, guys, we're 12 in. Uh, not going to lie. These are the real deal. Uh, it's, it's, it's the rich man's Natty Ice. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, March 26th, and this is The Drop, hashtag full squad today. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling with Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Tassie. We got the top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey you. yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lee Lee. And last but not least, making the magic happen 24 7 here in the Classic Factory. It's JD. <laughs> Hello. There he is, and here we are. Uh, first off, JD, I apologize to you and our listeners. My neighbors, mere, I don't know. 30 feet from my window here in the office are redoing their driveway right now. Some heavy machinery out there. So this could be, uh, this could be rough from an audio standpoint, JD. So I apologize. I mean, I was going to move to another room, but I was testing it out. I'm like, you could still hear it. It wasn't really going to change anything. It's fine. Uh, It's part of the game. Yeah. Um, and Lee, how's the attic? Those were crazy storms last night. Did you go up and check this morning? Of course I went up to check this morning. But, man, last night, everyone in our house was awoken by the uh, thunder and the rain and the lightning. It was like a uh, movie outside our window, just nonstop lightning for about half an hour. It was Mm -hmm. scary stuff, actually. I was actually a little nervous there, trying to tell the boys, like, "Ah, that's all right, it's just a little bit of rain. But I was absolutely terrified inside under the sheets. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, man, it was scary, scary stuff. (laughs) 
We need uh, to get you a way to blanket, mate, for nights like that. Yeah. You know, just hold I've got down one. in bed so cozy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. This yeah. must have been a rough night for you. It was, man. It was. I mean, I like to try to joke about it and stuff, but I've got to tell he you, man. Shook it's tough, right man. Yeah, he's, he's a little not, shook. He's a little shook. Yeah. His voice, it's quivering yeah. a little bit. Uh, and how's the attic, though? Any holes? Any new shingles? Uh, we appear to have survived the attic. So, uh, yeah, I went up this morning, of course, and there was no additional light because I go up without turning the light on first just to see if there's any natural light coming in and uh, <laughs> we survived for now. Okay. Uh, the rich man's natty light up there in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie, this storm hit different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shout out to the stream team joining us right now live on YouTube. Please continue to like and comment and subscribe. We just hit 35,000 subs, so thank you, thank you, thank you. As we march our way to 50K, but let's get to 40K uh, before that, of course. And last night, if you're a madman, go check out our NBA happy hour. Uh, yeah, the trade deadline hangover slash watch party. Four hours and 36 minutes long. Whoa, a new record for No Dunks. Uh, a surprise guest appearance from old Starters producer, Matty O. Yeah, he just popped up on our screen and... And we talked to him for a good four hours. He had his shirt off at one point. I did a, <laughs> That's right. I did a 360 jump fart at one point. We watched old clips uh, from back to the basketball Jones days. I mean, there was a lot happening. Uh, anyway, so go check that out if you uh, you got four hours and 36 minutes to kill. And thank you to anybody that joined us. There was a lot of you in there last night, so it was a lot of fun. Keep your questions coming for the next Beat Steppin' podcast. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. And immaculate items always available for sale. I see a lot of us wearing some immaculate items today. Tass and I go in twinsies with our no-dunks. Wow. Uh, yes, Lily's got the no-dunks Knicks shirt on. Looking Look at good, this. boys. Look at this. Go to nodunks.com to get your no-dunks merch. Okay. So the final numbers for the NBA trade deadline on Thursday are in. I saw everybody tweeting this here this morning. From the Thursday, there were 16 trades. 23 teams involved in trades, which is pretty crazy, and 46 players on NBA rosters involved in those deals. Uh, a record in each category, according to everyone. Yes, there you nice. go. Busiest nice. trade Charts. deadline ever. Look at this graph. This early in the morning, you're crazy. So, I always that think That was on what not... you need to know at 7 a.m. JD oh, is working damn, at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and 7 a.m. Good stuff, JD. JD put together those graphs. No, of course. Uh, <laughs> we made sure to give Todd Whitehead. Thanks to uh, Crumpled Jumper for those graphs. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Crump Jump. So I was going to say, like, I don't think it's an official NBA trade deadline until we do a podcast doing NBA trade deadline winners and losers. Like, that really wraps it up. So that's what we're doing here. We, of course, had our sort of immediate live reactions to the trades yesterday afternoon. That was a lot of fun. Uh, did some record numbers there in terms of people tuning in live for that one. So go listen to that podcast or watch that. But trade deadline winners, let's start being positive Pete's. We'll get to the losers. That's always fun too. Trey, where are you going? Are you going Bulls? Are you, are you just, the Bulls are back. We all know that, but, uh, everyone knows. Yeah. Uh, but for today I want somebody else to say it. So oh, wow. I basically forced Lee into taking the Bulls <laughs> as a winner. He was trying not to, but that would have been a serious disservice to basketball fans everywhere. If the Bulls were not included as a winner, that being said, I'm going for another Orlando magic traded player. The Nuggets a big-time winner of the okay. trade deadline yesterday. I'm loving this Aaron Gordon move, and I'm not even the biggest Aaron Gordon fan as a player, but what he brings to the Nuggets, it's exactly what they need. The versatility on defense, a little bit of creation, and a whole bunch of athleticism. It's going to give the Nuggets a new wrinkle that they need. He's going to be able to put pressure on the defense just by cutting to the basket, diving to the hoop on pick and rolls, and 
kind of just scrounging points. Uh, the Nuggets don't have a ton of super athletes, so I think that this really ups Denver's game in that regard. Uh, they've been uh, Michael Porter Jr. in particular has been uh, thriving since playing the four. They seem to have figured out that they can play a little bit faster, despite the fact that Jokic isn't a quick guy. It just seems to be working out, and I think that this uh, supercharges them even a little bit more. Great move. And the more I think about it, the less and less concerned I get about the issues with this trade. You know, I think mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon is going to fall into being a role player because he's basically going to have to. There is a number one guy there in Denver. There's a number two guy in Denver. And there's a player of the future already in Denver. So the touches, they're just not going to be there necessarily for Aaron Gordon. And I think that that's going to be fine. He's going to be playing the most meaningful basketball he ever has. The second concern people have is that there's positional overlap between Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. They both seem to be the best at the four position, but that to me is a little bit of old positional thinking. Both of them are threes. Both of them are fours. They fill the holes in each other's games. You know, Mm -hmm. Michael Porter Jr., he's going to stretch the court, shoot, score. Sometimes he can make an impact on the glass being a little bit taller than Aaron Gordon, whereas Aaron Gordon, he's cutting. He's handling the ball, passing it, running. He's going to guard the tougher wing guy, maybe the tougher stretch four, and it allows Michael Porter Jr. to hide and play to his strengths. Not to mention, off the court, uh, in the... In the front office world, the Nuggets getting off an unfavorable contract in Gary Harris. They're getting to peep Aaron Gordon here for 18 months. People are calling this an 18-month rental. That's nice. His contract expires right when Michael Porter Jr. could get his first big deal. Throw in the JaVale McGee trade. I think that's a nice little bench upgrade as well. There's no doubt the Nuggets are going to miss Gary Harris's defense on guards. I wonder if they will be able to pick out some kind of defender on the buyout market. It's a little tough losing a first-rounder after Jokic's contract has ended, but that's a long time from now. Mm -hmm. You could win a title in the meantime. You could re-sign Jokic. You could get some picks back in a trade. That that, uh, first-rounder in 2027, it's a long ways from now, but I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I thought what the Nuggets did uh, was really, really great stuff, uh, especially considering the cost of what they actually ended up giving up. Yeah, they're losing a chance to see what R.J. Hampton becomes as a player. But the Nuggets have had so many good draft picks that they've been able to trade them and maximize the return for Mm -hmm. guys like Juancho Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley, these guys who are clearly rotation players in the NBA. They just don't have a spot in Denver because there's too many good guys. Yeah, it feels like the Nuggets were atop a lot of people's, uh, you know, trade deadline winners uh, categories. I saw them in the mix. haven't seen a lot of people, like, you know, criticizing for what they did. Uh, Lee, are you more excited to see Jokic pass to Aaron Gordon or Composo passes to Aaron Gordon. Which <laughs> oh, one is it? Yeah. Wow, what a what a tough choice that one is to make there. Uh, but I just think if Aaron Gordon is smart, he will just run to the rim for the remainder of this season because they will find him. Both of those guys are incredible passers, and Aaron Gordon is super athletic. He's about six eight, six nine, so you know he's a tall guy anyway, and that's what he can do. That's how he can really sort of fill up his own stat sheet here by getting some easy points and uh, increasing his value and showing people that he is a, a potentially you know a star player who has got. Uh, lots to bring to a team and if he works hard and plays defense you know Mike Malone's going to let him uh, give him plenty more court time Um, so you know he may compete with Michael Porter Jr. to some degree for those minutes because Michael Porter Jr. isn't a great defensive player but he's a more gifted shooter and probably scorer than Aaron Gordon but if Aaron Gordon can use his experience and make those uh, decisions difficult for Mike Malone then that's a good situation for Denver I mean I like this on paper I think this is a great move for Denver but Mm -hmm. We have to see what sort of Aaron Gordon they're getting and, and whether or not he can be an immediately uh, impactful player on that team. If he can, this is the, the Nuggets have improved. If he can't, then they're sort of kind of where they are. They haven't lost a whole lot given what they had to give up to get Aaron Gordon in return. 
Yeah, anything to add to that, Tass? I mean, I'm excited that people are going to see Aaron Gordon play because I imagine a lot of people were not actually watching the Orlando Magic over the last couple of years, even when they got into the playoffs uh, and really following AG. Um, so, you know, he'll get some nationally televised games here with Denver and maybe into the playoffs if they go deep. Uh, what, do you, what do you think this from, De- from Denver's side? Your, your thumbs up on it, right? Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Aaron Gordon is at the value or at the uh, what they gave up for him is it's absolutely worth it. But... Yeah, the, the questions Trey brought up really well. Uh, defensively, I think, is the biggest question. Uh, who's going to guard Smalls on this team? Uh, they're, they've got Jamal Murray and um, most likely Will Barton starting in their backcourt along with Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. They're just going to be... It's going to be a hard work chasing after little guys with that lineup. It's not going to be fun. And uh, Aaron Gordon, if he's going to be in the mood to play defense, he's, he's going to help out. But this team is a mediocre defense. You're trading Gary Harris, um, who hopefully gets a, a restart in Orlando. Uh, I just wonder how good uh, they're going to be on that end. And, and you know, just sort of as a... As a as a non-basketball-y thing, a non-X's and O's thing, is Aaron Gordon just going to love being a third option? Or a fourth option, <laughs> really. Uh, that's that's a big question mark. And Michael Porter Jr. just got going. He just found his flow in the NBA. Now Aaron Gordon is going to take some of those shots, some of that shine. Uh, and, and yeah, this is a, a totally rejigged lineup now. Paul Millsap is going to come off the bench very, very likely, which he should be fine with. But um, all questions that you try and figure out if you're the Denver Nuggets. you got a talent upgrade. You traded a first-round pick. You traded Gary Harris, who hasn't been himself the last couple of years. And you traded R.J. Hampton's potential for more potential. So it's something that Mike Malone has to figure out. But I'm going to be watching uh, the defensive end because sometimes they just don't give a flying poop on that team. And that could be even exacerbated a little bit more uh, with, with the way they kind of got, they got bigger. Um, they got more athletic. But they didn't get any better defensively uh, you know, on the perimeter. So... Hopefully Aaron Gordon just works his ass off on that end because we know he could be uh, a Draymond Green light if he really wants to be, uh, if he really wants to get after it on the defensive end. So yeah, it's going to be exciting to see them in the playoffs. All right, Lee, let's keep it going. I guess we know where you're headed for your winner uh, of the trade deadline. The Bulls are back. I mean, how much did he pay you to say this? Or were you going to say this? Yeah. Slid him a second round pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. No, look, the Bulls did the, uh, the hard work yesterday because they got the best player available and they improved their team. But now the super hard work is there for the Bulls because are they a playoff team? Right now, where they are in the standings, they're a couple of games back of, uh, sorry, they're a game and a half back of the Boston Celtics for eighth spot. Now, the Celtics are below 500, 21 and 23. I think they're a better team than their record, but that's to be uh, seen in the, over these next uh, few weeks of the season. Hawks and the Knicks and the Hornets are all in the playoffs right now. And the Bulls are only three games back from them. So certainly, obviously, the goal for Chicago here is to make the uh, the playoffs. But let's look at their immediate schedule because they have nine of their next 10 on the road. And mm-hmm. according to uh, Power Rankings Guru, they have the seventh, seventh toughest schedule from here on out for the remainder of this season. So it's not going to be easy for them. And the only home game they play out of their next 10 games is against the Brooklyn Nets. So... You know, they haven't got time here, is what I'm saying, for Vucevic to sort of get a feel for things and then to break him in. They really need to start winning straight away, and it's not going to be easy for them. But he's a vet in a situation where he's in a, on a better team, so you expect he's going to come in motivated and ready to get to work. So the real question is, though, you know, if the Bulls, you know, somehow don't make the playoffs from here, you know, then, then was it worth it? Yeah, sure. I think they still improved, 
but they really do now have to, I think, finish no lower than sixth or else it's, it's going to be a little bit of a, uh, uh, a failure for them. And ultimately, even if they do finish six or higher, that getting out of that first round is going to be tough. But the Bulls are looking beyond this season as well with Zach Levine and, uh, and Nick Vucevic as their two core pieces. So it's not like they have to uh, advance to the second round this season, but they certainly need to make the playoffs. And they need to show that these two pieces together are their, their sort of immediate future here. So um, it's not going to be easy for them. That, that's really what I'm saying because of, as well, these other 10 games, they only play one against the Pacers and one against the Atlanta Hawks, two teams that you are battling with to get into the playoffs. So uh, it's going to be a little bit tough here for them. But as I say, if they, can, if, they can, if they can integrate Vucevic straight away and start winning, then the Bulls will definitely be back, baby. But uh, it's just not going to be super easy for them because, again, they lost to the Cavs the other night at home in Chicago. The Bulls have played some really impressive wins this season, but they've also just had a couple of stinkers that just pop up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And hopefully with Vucevic there, a little bit more experienced, he will be someone who can close out games a little bit better than they've been able to do. But uh, interesting, very interesting situation. They made a great move yesterday. Now they have to make the playoffs or else it's going to be uh, a, a bit of a letdown. As a Bulls fan, Trey, is it playoffs or bust like this year? Oh, come on. Playoffs are a lock. I don't even think that's a question. Six mm. seed is easy. Four seed is what I've got my eyes on. I'm not really joking here. I mean, I think the Bulls, I think uh, the way the trade deadline went down yesterday, it could have turned out better for the Bulls, you know, if uh, if the Raptors move Kyle Lowry to the heat. That kind of knocks them out of uh, the playoff chase, mm-hmm. I would think. I, I don't know. I'm a little worried about the Raptors, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have a nice little second half run here. Uh, but I love seeing the Bulls actually go for it and trying to improve. That's what we'll talk about a little bit when we get to my loser. Uh, but the big thing yesterday to me, I'm loving getting Vooch, no doubt about it. I like, uh, I, you know, I like that they were able to protect the picks top four for this uh, coming draft and the draft in 2023. They're obviously not really messing with their cap space, his contract declines, all that stuff. But it felt like a one-day culture rebuild to me yesterday, a one-day image rebuild, really, because the Bulls, they're not acting like a small market anymore. Uh, at the start of the season, when Levine started balling, instantly, instantly, the talk was, we got to get Levine out of Chicago. We got to free Zach Levine. And that's what happens when you're a small market franchise. Maybe you're the Timberwolves or you're the Oklahoma City Thunder. Your player starts balling. You're not necessarily able to build a contender around him. People want to get you out of there into a major market. The Bulls are in the third biggest market in the league. We just had this huge piece by Kirk Goldsberry about the imbalance in the NBA between major markets. We're seeing players flock to New York and L.A. The Bulls are a legacy franchise. Like I say it and people think it might be a joke, but Nick Vucevic was a Bulls fan when he was five years old. You know, they have a global reach. It should be a team that can use their market and use the advantages they have to improve improve their prospects. And I think they did that yesterday. I hear... Uh, you hear Arturis Karnaschovas say it in the press conference, basically saying, we care about winning. We want to be a free agent destination. That is such a change for the Bulls over the past 10 years, really, where they're always focused on flexibility and kind of resign themselves to the fact that free agents don't really give them a chance. It feels like, uh, I mean, I say the Bulls are back. Skeets, you think I'm leaning into a bit. But they are no longer a joke of a franchise, and that has been the case for, I don't know, at least three seasons, you know? They had the season where uh, Bobby Portis and Nikola Mirotic got in a fight, and that was kind of the start of when the Bulls started to be a laughingstock around the league. I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, going for the sixth seed isn't very exciting, 
unless you haven't made the playoffs for a long time. And I think that's important. I wouldn't have wanted to restart the rebuild again, which is the talk that was happening in the middle of January when Levine was first making his all-star push. The game has changed. There's money in Chicago for another free agent. There's two all-stars there already. They are Mm -hmm. on an upward trajectory. Who's going to sign up and be a hero? That's the question. And and there's young, promising talent, like still there there right now, obviously in Kobe White and Patrick Williams, of course. And, um, not that Thad is young, but he is contributing. So what, what do you think of the Bulls being back, Tass? Uh, you liked what they did yesterday, getting the best player, I guess, uh, added to their squad? Yeah, the best player that moved, sure. Uh, this season is going to be tough, though, uh, to get into that, those top six. Uh, their 0-9, their last nine games against 500-plus squads. They're going on the road here. And uh, Miami, Toronto, Boston are all underachieving. So those teams should move up in the standing. So there may not be the immediate dividends, but yeah, you got it. Number one, you do it in a heartbeat. Uh, yep. Number two, uh, yeah, you, you try and become a free agent destination. And that's uh, it's one of those franchises, yes, uh, that needs to be good. And it's nice that uh, Arturis Karnishevis is taking a different tack than the last decade and a half that the Bulls I guess not that long uh you know the last you know five six seven years where things have been bleak uh so yeah they're going for it and a couple first round picks uh it's totally entirely worth it plus one Del Carter Jr.'s future of course you do it and those picks especially being in the Eastern Conference team they're going to be you know sort of mid-tier picks uh you know whether it's in the teens or whatever so for for Vooch who's 30 uh, you you want to be good soon because yeah. that's the thing. You know, Vooch doesn't have a billion years left. He's got he's got you know three years of being really good. Uh, so hopefully that you know whether or not they you know make the play in tournament this year. I mean that sounds nice that they could be a playoff team, but I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And then next year, at least they're on that right trajectory for once. Mm-hmm. At least the red and white you know, means something for, you know, a few months here and should be into the future. It should be something that we all get excited about. You know, I, I said something about the Charlotte Hornets being everyone's second team, second favorite team and the Bulls uh, potentially taking that, uh, that, that torch from them. <clears throat> it feels that way. You know, the, the Hornets are uh, still up there right now and they're still playing really, really well, but it's nice to have the Bulls back. It's nice to be able to, to tune into a game uh, to watch Adam Amin and Stacey King call a game in that arena and to be to have fun. Uh, that, that, that arena should be fun. It should be like MSG, uh, but uh, it's going to be tough sledding this next month. My winner from the trade deadline, I got to go with Miami Heat because um, I got Victor Oladipo for really a, a last-second bag of beans. Let's call it what it is. You know, Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a future pick swap. Um, that's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, they obviously were in trade talks with Kyle Lowry all day. The Heat were and didn't want to budge on giving up, uh, you know, Tyler Hero or whatever it was. So they didn't have to. In the end, they get Oladipo and Hero's still there. Duncan Robinson's still there. You know, Precious is still there. Like, really, like, no meaningful player was given up in this. Olenek was a starter, yes. Uh, they'll miss, you know, his 10 and 6 and the few th- made threes that he hits a game. But then they went and acquired uh, Bielitsa who is a pretty good replacement for Kelly Olenek, probably in terms of uh, stretching the floor and being a big guy that can get you some boards and stuff like that. So pretty good move here from Pat Riley. Uh, They get an extended look at Oladipo, too, you know, to decide whether they bring him back as a free agent. Acquired his bird rights, of course, in this trade, so you can surpass the salary cap. 
you know, we'll, we'll see what type of Oladipo we get. I know a lot of people were not high on him in Houston. Played, what, 20 games? He averaged 21 points per game. Didn't shoot all that well, like something like 41%. But still, five boards, five assists. He's another playmaker uh, and, and can play some defense that you're adding to a, to a Heat team, especially offensively, that has struggled, which is weird. And now they're going to emerge, or all reports, they're going to get LaMarcus Aldridge. That's a damn good uh, little trade deadline day or two days here when you count the uh, potential buyout of getting LaMarcus Aldridge on your squad. I think that's pretty impressive. And yeah, they're going to be one of those teams, in theory, if everybody's healthy and playing, uh, that goes up these standings a little bit. I know they lost to the Blazers last night in a close one, but got to like what Pat Riley did, Lely. Um, you know, he, he wouldn't budge on giving up like future, potential future stars for, for an aging guy like Lowry. But so he's just like, all right, well, we'll go get Oladipo. He wants yeah. to come here anyway, so let's see what he can help us with uh, in this playoff push, and then maybe we'll sign him, or, or we don't. Oh, a great consolation prize for the Heat, yeah. knowing that the Rockets were going to be able to make that trade so they could really go go back and forth there with Masai Jiri up until about 2.53. Masai wasn't budging. Pat Riley wasn't budging. Okay, uh, Raphael Stone, we'll take him. You can have Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley and a pick swap, whatever. that you know. Just take him. We'll take Oladipo. Fine. And uh, as you mentioned, if they do also bolster their offense there with LaMarcus Aldridge, that's good because the Heat actually need it. They've dropped five in a row here after looking yeah. really, really good. Um, I think they will bounce back. But uh, yeah, it's, you're getting two, you know, not... Uh, obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge is no longer in his prime, but uh, Oladipo theoretically is still in that uh, age range of being in his prime. So, yeah, if you get a good look at him, he wants to sign there in the offseason. You gave up nothing to get those guys. So, uh, yeah. pretty good day for the Heat. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm not super pumped uh, for what with what they did. I just They're just getting older. Uh, and we talk about, yeah, Oladipo's prime, but what is his prime anymore? He's turning 29 soon. It was a couple of years ago that was his, it was his prime. They signed, you know, get him, Aldridge, if they do get him, and they got Trevor Ariza recently. I, they're smart in that they, they didn't sacrifice any of their future. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. It, it could come a few months from now, and Oladipo may not be on the team anymore when it comes to the summer. Or, uh, you know, same goes with Aldridge. Uh, they could turn it over and go sign Kyle Lauer in the offseason. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but this is a team that just struggles to score at the end of games. Uh, they're looking for somebody to create. In theory, Oladipo can be that guy. Um, but is he going to take shots away from Dragic? Is he going to take shots away from Hero, which I'm definitely worried about? Dragic is a little less worrisome because Dragic can barely stay on the floor. Um, but it, 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 they're putting a lot of stock into... Uh, Bam staying on the floor and being a boss uh, because even though they got Bielitsa, Olenek was at least a backup center they could rely on. Uh, and and th- there's there's just question marks. I just wonder if this is all going to jive, even though get ready for a drink. Hashtag heat culture should bring it all together. It's, it's good on paper, um, but I wonder if you're <laughs> going to thank you, Lee, for <laughs> sipping that Woodbridge uh, because... Oh, that was a Woodbridge... What was that it? Was the champagne. Oh, that was the champagne. Yeah. Was it was it a wet moet or what, what what kind of champagne was it? It was uh it was something from France, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, a Fournier. France. Is that I, a Fournier? I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was uh, not cheap. Uh, and it was worth it. <laughs> it was, it was uh, expensive enough <laughs> to put the pinky cheap. finger up for Exactly, sure. yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But I mean, yeah, I hear what you're saying about you're you're going through the roster of the heat here, but the actual trade itself, I mean it, nothing. They got Kelly, they got Victor Oladipo for nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, all the all the guys like Bradley and who else went out? Chris Silva and mm. uh, I'm forgetting one more um, that went in that one trade. But like it's like they weren't playing these guys. Yeah, they, they no. have, they they're they're absolutely not part of the rotational guys. Yeah. I'm more worried of 
Listen, Victor Oladipo was traded for Kelly Olynyk, uh, a pick swap, and Avery Bradley because the Rockets couldn't get anything better. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's clear. It, Oladipo has not been the same guy. He is. He used to be amazing. Um, but right now, in a high-volume situation in Houston, it hasn't worked. Maybe with uh, less shots and a little bit more structure, like the Heat are going to put him in. It's going to be different for him than when he played with Houston or Indiana. So I just wonder how that's how that's going to work to take away yeah both hero shots, Dragic's shots, and potentially a few uh, Jimmy shots. Um, so in theory, it, it's yeah, it's nice. Um, there's, their defense will still be good. We've got one fan in, in the stream team, Renato Garcia, that keeps keeps. He's he's sending the roster. He's sending one through seventeen. Every two way player <laughs> that they have, that they all should be able to take the floor and and beat another team. And and yeah, it's like if you look back to last year's playoffs, they should be just as gritty uh, and work at, and and outwork other teams. And Jimmy Butler isn't there right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, on paper it's good. What they did, Skeets, you're right. They didn't give up a lot, but. In the end, I, I don't know how that's going to jive, how they're all going to jive, because Vic still wants to be the guy, but he's yeah, also but a he's great guy. he's also wanted to go to Miami for like three years now, mm-hmm. so he is going to be, I assume, on best behavior. Like, uh, like he, he's wanted to come here this, it feels like, I'm not even exaggerating, right? Like, it's, it's that like, Dwayne Wade influence. Yeah, all these guys want to be Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Wade played at Marquette. Jimmy Butler played at Marquette. Dwayne Wade came to the Bulls, said, hey, man, we work so hard in Miami. Come to Miami. You'll love it. He went there. Uh, I think Victor Oladipo played for Dwayne Wade's college coach, Tom Crean, at the University of Indiana. He came into the draft. I remember uh, his draft night, the very first question they asked him, they're like, what makes you special? I'm going to outwork every player in the NBA, is what he said. That's heat culture right there. And the guy obviously wants to be a Dwayne Wade-like character Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, is it a great idea to have two guys on the heat who both want to be Dwayne Wade at the same time? Maybe not, but I thought that was one of the strengths of the heat last year, was that Jimmy would usually play well, Bam would usually play well, and then they just need to have some other third guy play well. A lot of the times that was Dragic, a lot of the times that was Hero, sometimes it was Kendrick Nunn. Now they've got another guard to throw into that mix as well. Yep, and and we'll see again. It looks like Lamarcus Aldridge. That could be the he, they could be the front runner to uh, sign him because he did complete his bio with the Spurs there on Thursday. All right, let's uh, wrap up the the winners here of the trade deadline. Tass, who do you have? I'm going to throw in the Atlanta Hawks into this equation for what mostly they didn't do because they made a minor move, uh, you know, getting rid of Rajon Rondo for two draft picks because he wasn't working out. That's a positive, but you can argue that the Hawks acquired the best young player available by keeping John Collins and not trading him because we all thought that they were going to trade him, you know, for months because he rejected a a four-year $90 million plus extension this past year, you know, it was 14 months ago. Uh, But all of a sudden last week he said, you know what, I said I wanted the max, but uh, I take it back. Uh, I want to stick around. I want to be part of this thing. And the Hawks are going on his word and, and think that maybe they can sign him for less than the max. And, and even if they don't, um, you know, keep him there forever. I think they still sign him to a contract there this offseason and trade him at some other point. But mm-hmm. they got a 23-year-old power forward who 
could be a 2010 type guys numbers have dropped off a little bit and they have some cohesion there so i'm starting to buy uh that john collins likes it in atlanta and that they didn't just give away again one of the the best young players that was rumored to be traded aaron gordon got moved you know he's he's even older uh than john collins john collins is still like you know scratching the surface and he's also you know probably scratching the surface of his maturity too he's probably getting older and 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 realizing, hey, me and Trey Young can do this thing. Maybe I shouldn't ask to be traded. And it, it's, it's a positive for them on that front. And, and also trading Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams, whether Lou Williams plays or not, to get two second-round picks for uh, a guy in Rondo that was not working uh, whatsoever, it's a win. It's a win for the Hawks. And uh, sometimes, as Lee Ellis knows, uh, it, it's the trades you don't make that are mm. the best ones. So I think that's a positive for them, even though things were murky for a long time with John. Well, Collins. I was going to say that winning streak came at the right time for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the decision to move off of Lloyd Pearson and move over Nate McMillan. I mean, whether you want to put uh, how much stock you want to put into that, you know, igniting the winning streak. It did. They, they started what they win, like eight in a row, mm-hmm. uh, eight or nine with Nate McMillan there. And like at the perfect timing, because if they don't do that, then yeah, you know, those, those trading John Collins rumors may have got louder and louder lately. Uh, and then maybe they're almost forced to do something at that point, but they didn't, uh, you know, and, and I think the wins helped uh, in that matter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> winning solves everything, you know, and uh, that, that looks like the right move to get rid of Lloyd Pierce. I don't think it was, but uh, Nate McMillan got those wins and they certainly played better. And Trey Young looked better out there, but uh, we'll see what happens when the dust settles a little bit now. That there is no longer that uncertainty going forward about what's going to happen for the remainder of the season. You know your roster now. More, yeah, yeah. There might be the odd change here and there, but of course with John Collins and their younger pieces, you know they're all going to be there. Because there was talk about Cam Reddish being uh, teams being interested in him, even DeAndre Hunter. I didn't think they were going to trade. Certainly not both, even really one of those guys. But a team like Atlanta, you know, because there's been some a, a little bit ter- turmoil around the team. That's when other teams start to try to pick at them a little bit yeah. and say maybe we can, you know, entice this, uh, these these guys with one of our other, uh, you know, veteran maybe and a young piece just to get one of their younger pieces. But uh, didn't happen. So what well on Hawks? And hopefully they do make a trade for a star at some point with you know a package of a bunch of their young guys because they still have too many guys. Uh, and I think they won games because they those guys got healthy. I mean Bogdan Bogdanovich, yeah. Gallinari. There was actually a lot of uh, rumors about Bogdanovich too. Teams were trying to get him, which would have been a big surprise, I think, if the Hawks had given up on him, you know, so early into signing him to that four-year, seventy-two million at the end of you know last season. Yep, uh, the Hawks, like the Bulls, expect to make the playoffs this year for sure, yeah. and that's why they fired uh, Lloyd Pierce to begin with. There, they're like, we're getting in here, so we got to switch this up. So, okay. Yeah, I think the the win streak was huge, and I also think Lamelo Ball going down with an injury for the Hornets was probably big, taking them off the table really as a trade yeah. partner. They still might get into the play in tournament. They might even still finish in the top six seeds. They've been a pretty impressive team with and without. Uh, Lamelo, but it certainly took a buyer off the table because they were one of the teams rumored. Because you can see John Collins fitting real nice with Lamelo yeah. Ball, and maybe that does happen in the future. But if the offers aren't there, it's just the same with Kyle Lowry and the Raptors. You don't have to make a trade. You can always do it again in the off season right now when people are maybe a little bit more willing to make a move. Yeah, go check out Tass's What You Need to Know from this morning. Uh, a little twist on that, talking about exactly this uh, grading. I guess the trades that didn't happen, some of the the big names that we thought might get moved: Lowry, John Collins. Lonzo Ball, and uh, throwing a grade on them sticking with their teams. What you need to know. Great stuff there, Tess. Nice plug. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Okay, let's get to uh, trade deadline losers. Uh, Trey, you get us started. Who's your big loser from the trade deadline? Well, Skeetsy, you made me think last night on happy hour. How would I have felt if any other trade, uh, any other team had traded for Nick Vucevic? Every team? It's uh, their own discrete situation. Yeah. That dictates the moves. You're trying, me, I try to focus now more on 2021 on what players can do, not what they can't do. But I do think the Knicks and Bulls are in similar spots here. They both kind of turned the corner in the rebuild a little bit, mm-hmm. completing, competing for their first playoff berth in quite a while. They've got first-time All-Stars. Obviously, they are both in major markets, but they're obviously not at the peaks of their major market powers. And that's why, to me... The Knicks are a loser yesterday because they didn't make a move. All they did yesterday was help out the Philadelphia 76ers. Meanwhile, all the teams around them got better. The Hawks kept John Collins. The Heat brought in Victor Oladipo. The Celtics, they didn't do a big move, but they did bring in Evan Fournier. The Bulls obviously made their move. And the Raptors are keeping Kyle Lowry. All of these teams improved a little bit. Meanwhile, the Knicks were happy to stand pat and build slowly. And that's the question to me. Would you rather build slowly if you're the Knicks, or would you rather build a little bit quickly if you're the Bulls? I don't mean to make an Emmanuel quickly pun there, but I mean, if it's there, I'm going to take it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, My answer right now, obviously, is I would want to go for the playoffs. The Bulls haven't made it in five seasons. The Knicks haven't made it in longer. You can't rebuild all the time. Uh, So at certain points, you got to accelerate it a little bit if the deals are there. I was a little surprised to see the Knicks not move a Nilakina or a Knox, just uh, young players who somebody could be interested in. The Knicks obviously want to keep their powder dry for the offseason when they have a ton of cap space and they want to be a player in the free agent market as well. But I don't know. For teams that are... For fan bases that are accustomed to being good, sometimes you just got to throw them a bone and try and make the playoffs. The Knicks are still probably going to be getting there. I think the builds are similar between these two teams, but to me, the Bulls are a little bit ahead right now, and maybe that wouldn't have been the case. Yeah, this one's tough because the flip side of this is we've seen the Knicks sort of go all in, so to speak, uh, for you know borderline stars i guess or all-star like you know oladipo was linked to the knicks mm. vucevic you know i don't think he was really linked there but the, that type of player and if they had done it especially like the oladipo giving up you know whatever it took a couple picks some of the mavs whatever you could see people like oh what are you doing new york like you're playing well julius is your guy you know you're obviously creating an identity there with some of your young guys in quickly and stuff like that like now you're just trying to like jump 10 spots ahead like spaces ahead in terms of your rebuild so i could see like people would be angry with that so in a weird way maybe they are a winner because they didn't do something that usually the knicks do do does that make sense lee 
Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. And, and both the Knicks and the Bulls, I think, have got to be satisfied with just making the playoffs this season. Because if you look, again, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee, the, the Eastern Conference champions coming out of those three, no one's going to uh, be able to upset, certainly not two of those teams, you know, potentially one, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I think that is going to be what's important here, to be a little bit patient with your rebuild, Get that, you know, for the Bulls, they get Vucevic, they're going to have Levine, and they're going to have cap space next year to sign someone. So if they can, take those incremental steps rather than try to think you can uh, sort of go from not making the players for so long to going all the way in the Eastern Conference because it just won't happen. Same for the Knicks this season. They've got to be patient, and they showed that patience yesterday because they could have gotten someone like Oladipo who maybe gives them an extra couple of wins, but ultimately the, he's not there, the uh, long-term piece for them, I don't believe anyway. I think they need to set their sights on that. Uh, something a little bit bigger than that so both of these franchises who you know historically have been uh you know some of the more high regarded franchise but have been in the basement for the last five to ten years depending on which one you want to pick they need to just be patient and just start showing some slow progress here because i like the knicks young pieces i think there's some uh, some talent there uh with uh barrett and uh and quickly's good and, and obviously julius Randle making the all-star team this season and and likely to win most improved player as well in my opinion i think they've got enough ingredients there and thibodeau we know he tends to have a short-term impact i think you're seeing that as well right away will that last in two or three years time who knows maybe maybe not historically probably not but that's not really their issue for now right now it's like where we are so close to the playoffs knicks are over 500 they should make the playoffs from here. Should. Hmm. Good win from them last night, by the way. Yeah, huge back comeback the versus, the, yeah. versus the Wizards. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Anything to add uh, on the Knicks there? Where, where do you fall in this sort of debate, Tass? Like more of a loser because they didn't really do anything, more of a winner because they didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, the, the Knicks didn't step up to the three-point line, hit the game-winning shot, but they also didn't flub the game-winning shot either. You know, they, they, they didn't screw up. Uh, so I think that's a win, um, <laughs> that they didn't try and go sign somebody, uh, you know, like Andre Drummond and get him and sign him to a big long-term deal. If, you know, if he's bought out, they're still, they still could do that. They are the Knicks. There's, it is still possible, but um, I don't think that they... I don't think that that they uh, sabotage what they've got going on by by doing something like that. Now I think the Bulls kind of found that balance. They they got a thirty year old star in, in in Vooch. Things are good in Chicago, but the Knicks couldn't pull that off. Uh, and and you might say, well, they've got their draft picks, but they also don't really draft all that well. Those guys like Frank Nealakina and Kevin Knox specifically haven't worked out. Um, so. Maybe they should trade their draft picks for somebody. And I, I think you know, they had definitely have that in the back of their mind. But I think they're happy to go forward right now with Julius Randle. Mitchell Robinson is, is a key to me. Uh, and, uh, and R.J. Barrett, uh, as well as quickly in the backcourt. So they didn't screw up. Uh, and that's okay with me. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather watch this team that's overachieving um, and playing really well, uh, I guess. I think I keep I keep looking at Julius Randle and think he's overachieving, but maybe I shouldn't be an old fart. Maybe I should just say maybe the guy is good now. Maybe the guy yeah. is just uh, taking his shooting to another level. So I'm happy. Fight away last I'm night. I'm happy. Did they you didn't see that one? Yeah. It's on fire, this guy. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> stop. Oh, uh, and then look, the Knicks could just sit on sit on all these picks, sit on all these young prospects that they do have, some of them better than others, and wait for the next disgruntled superstar that does want to like eventually get out of where he wants to get out. Whoever that could be. I mean, Towns you always bring up, Lily. Maybe it's your boy Bradley Beal finally saying like I want to get out of one. Like 
you know, yeah. give it, it's the NBA, give it three, four months and there will be a new NBA superstar that wants out of whatever market they're in. And then, mm. you know, it's, it's a possibility, I guess, for see in Chicago, Knicks. they've got a better future than oh, the Knicks. That's Maybe. the question. I mean, the, the bulls are more attractive than the Knicks are right now. And they are going to be battling for the same free agents. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, I get your reasoning for the, the trade deadline loser. No doubt. Um, Tass, who do you have from the uh, big loser from yesterday? Well, I think the Boston Celtics are a loser. Uh, I love Evan Fournier and, and that pickup as a, as a bench guy. Uh, I'm a fan of his, uh, but I'm a little bit worried about the next few days. They traded away Daniel Tice, who is a key part uh, of their team. You know, whether you, you, you think he's a good player or not, he plays key minutes and that helps Robert Williams stay on the bench. And Tristan Thompson just hasn't been all that great this season. And these next few days, there's talk that they are going to go sign Andre Drummond. And that's worrisome uh, to me because they're a team that likes to play five out, uh, especially a team that likes to play iso ball. I think they need as much space as possible. And if Andre Drummond is going to come be their center uh, after he gets bought out by the Cleveland Cavaliers because he wasn't moved, there's other teams that are rumored to want him. But I, I am worried that you lose Tice and you bring Drummond to be a bit of a clogger. Uh, they're, they're just, uh, there's not enough plungers to get Andre Drummond out of that lane on that team. I'm, I, I'm, I'm worried about what, what this future looks like because what, why are you bringing in Andre Drummond if, if he does come in? I, I know I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, but you lose Tice, who is a glue guy on the defensive end, even though their defense has dropped off. Andre Drummond is not going to solve that. Even if he is the best rebounder in history, as people want to say, he's not solving their defense. And uh, even on, on the offensive end, he's fine. Um, but at the same time, uh, I don't think it's going to make them much better. So I, I think they're, they're definitely going to go hard at Drummond once he does get bought out because the Daniel Tice move just doesn't make a, a lot of sense to me. Why they got thinner there? Because they can't play Robert Williams a ton at center. They, they can't. Uh, he can't stay on the floor. Uh, he has problems defensively. That's why they've dropped off. Uh, on the defensive end, as well as their uh, their locker room. So I un- I understand that, uh, you know, there's uh, – I-, I am jumping ahead and saying Andre Drummond's going to be in-, in Boston, but in a vacuum, Tice leaving is an issue. So I don't, I don't know how this team uh, decides that we're going to get uh, – we're going <laughs> to come together and get better. I just, I just don't see it happening right now. But uh, I'm happy to see Evan Fournier hit some shots. Like, I don't know if he can be their glue, but – I don't know. I just, I just, I just don't, don't see it happening right now. What, what do you think about the Celtics, Trey? Uh, what they did yesterday and then moving forward, they're a weird team right now. <laughs> with, it's with a weird team, yeah. and I don't think I actually gave a grade on yesterday's show, but this would be an incomplete to me because I'm, I'm with you, Tass. I like the Fournier move for two second round picks. I think that's a fair bench piece a little depth to add there on the wing but he's another shooter they lost Tice started 17 playoff games for him last year which is an odd move to make when you're a team that's kind of struggled with big guys and you've struggled defensively to trade one of the guys who's kind of the uh, a cornerstone of the defense that you have built I thought that was weird I would much prefer LaMarcus Aldridge if I were the Celtics over Andre Drummond just because Drummond and Robert Williams give you similar types of games right like they're going to be putting pressure on the rim uh, at the rim in the paint for the most part whereas Aldridge can stretch things out a little bit of course Aldridge gets to choose where he goes uh, on the buyout market and Mm. that continues to make the Celtics a jump shooting team. That's why if they do get Drummond, they need to have uh, a similar conversation that the Nuggets are going to be having with Aaron Gordon saying, this is exactly what you need to do. Drummond does not roll hard enough on pick and rolls. 
that would be a way that the Celtics could actually put some pressure on the rim. They never get free throw attempts, and it's not like Drummond's going to be knocking down a million free throws at the line, but he can get teams in foul trouble, and then that pays off down the line when Kemba Walker draws a foul or Jason Tatum draws a foul, and they can actually go to the line and hit those free throws. It just doesn't feel like uh, the Celtics totally addressed their biggest problems, and then they made their biggest problem a slightly bigger problem. It was a weird sort of day for the Celtics, which is kind of how it goes at trade deadline time. It was not a surprise to me that a lot of trades fall apart for the Celtics when the news came out that Danny Ainge is often trying to trade players that are not on the Celtics yet. I can see how that would be a problem in negotiations. Yeah, yeah. Lee, you're loving this. You love a a good Danny Ainge joke. He was so close to uh, getting that big fish. They did a little bit, but not all that much. You know, I think, again, Fournier, yeah, they picked him up for nothing. Um, And they uh, might have him for long-term plans, too. Like, uh, I I I think that's what they think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what their cap would look like next season because they've got Kemba, Brown, and uh, and, uh, Tatum on on big money. So there Mm -hmm. won't be huge money there for uh, Evan Fournier, but anyway we'll see and as far as Thais I think he's also a victim of just the way they've been playing lately that they kind of are like we need to change something here because uh, the Celtics were a very good team they're two games below 500 right now I, I think they're better than that but I'm not sure if I believe that anymore I don't know I think so much of it comes down to Kemba Walker's health and if he can't play back to backs for them down the stretch here that's going to be tough he should be fine in the playoffs because they don't tend to play those back to backs mm-hmm. But I just think so much of it is there. And I think that Tatum and Brown, particularly Tatum, is just feeling the effects a little bit of having to carry that team a little bit more. Brown's been great this season, but uh, Tatum just hasn't been able to sort of quite get to that level that I expected him to where he started off the season. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a weird situation there for Boston. But I think on paper, I think they are a better team than where their uh, spot is right now in the standings. Okay, Lee, what about you for a, a loser from the trade deadline? Where do you want to go? Well, I'm going with the Houston Rockets uh, because the sort of final haul for James Harden is in. Now, obviously, there's some uh, draft picks, which we'll get to in a sec, but the, the personnel is uh, that they've gotten in return now is Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, Dante Exum, Rui Dons, Kuruks, and then they've got four first-round picks, three from Brooklyn and one from Milwaukee uh, for James Harden. I mean, there's there's th- those players, none of those players are, are uh, significant players or a part of the Rockets' ser- serious future. The draft picks, who knows what could happen with those. I mean, we won't find out until a, a long time down the road there. But ultimately for James Harden, they just didn't get enough. And, uh, you know, they tried to re-sign Victor Oladipo. They wanted to keep him there. They offered him the two-year extension there. He turned that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have been better off keeping Karis LeVert. But I guess they felt that Oladipo, you know, they could have convinced him to stay. I guess that's the only reason why they traded him in the end to Indiana. So... Uh, when you look at the way James Harden is playing right now, uh, and obviously that's different to the way he played his way out of Houston, but it's not much of a return, really. You know, those draft picks are potential, but you just won't see those. You won't be able to cash in on those for a few years because they're, they're down the road. Now, there's some pick swaps as well. So there is some, you know, uh, you know Yeah, potential. some of them may not even convey. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but ultimately, they didn't get one significant like Gilgis Alexander going to Oklahoma City Thunder right. like when Paul right. George got traded the Thunder have got a legit piece moving forward who could be a part of their uh, who will be I expect a part of their future the Rockets didn't get any of that right. um, and, and even Oladipo I mean he was a risk anyway and, and we you know questionable about just how good he could have been but now they don't even get him so uh, you know Avery Bradley we talked about enough about that side from the Heat they, they gave up nothing so uh 
ultimately not a good return. For, Man, you're just kicking a, the Rockets while they're down. That's what you're doing. Uh, I mean, I mean, because when we first saw the trade, it was like, oh, all those draft picks, and you know, because I think they're unprotected too from Brooklyn. So you know, there's like, let's say Brooklyn falls off the map, then maybe they do turn into something. But when mm-hmm. you just look at those names. You know, Kuruks and obviously Dante. I mean, you know, there's just nothing there if you're a Rockets fan where you're like, well, he's the piece. He's the key piece in this trade. Those guys, all four of those guys that I mentioned, could very well not even be on the Rockets roster next season. Maybe not even the finishing this season. So uh, ultimately, you're just getting draft picks for James Harden. Unprotected first, four of them and some pick swaps. Fine, but, you know... <sighs> Yeah, you're, 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 you're got to pray that something goes drastically wrong yes. with the Nets there and, and over the next couple of years. And, yeah, you're, you're getting, like, a super high pick here. Otherwise, yeah, what do they have? Christian Wood, and they've got – they took a flyer on Kevin Porter Jr., which I think was smart yeah. to, to get him from the Cavs. But, I mean, that's yeah, it. They got more, for, more out of him, really. For What did they give up for him? A second-round pick. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the Cavs were doing anything to get off of them, basically. Yeah, yeah. Totally but, go away, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, rough. Uh, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, I would assume right now, you're just hoping for the ping-pong balls to fall your way there. Tass, uh, anything to add? Would you you agree with Lee? Would you include them there on, on, on their haul there, especially for Oladipo? Yeah, when you look back, for sure. When we did our emergency podcast after the James Harden trade, I initially thought, well, those draft picks are nice. You know, you get... I got a little too bogged down with that, and, and so a little too bogged down with that, and not with uh, the the value that they got back. And if it was Karis Levert rather than Victor Oladipo, yep, all would be good. And, and That's you, what we were saying at the time of that trade. You we, did, we, we I, yeah, you it. did. I didn't. I don't. But get you it. did. Still don't get it. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's, I think Lee's right. I think they just saw the, the the possibility of signing Oladipo and having somewhat of a former All Star there. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, I guess they didn't do their homework. I don't mean Vic is not. I guess he didn't want to be there. Number one and number two, he hasn't looked the same. So Karis Levert, um, he's hitting game winners uh, for the Pacers right now. They're going to him at the end of the games. So, yeah, it would be nice if they had to pair along with those draft picks, Karis Levert, uh, and, and things would be a lot different because uh, yeah, Kuruks and Dante Exum, they just ain't doing it. Maybe they can package a couple of those picks for a star at some point. Maybe they can move up in this draft. You know, I'm just trying to be positive because there's no way they got good return for James Harden looking at it right now, especially if considering the Nets are the picks coming back. The Nets are just they're too good and they will be yeah. for the foreseeable future. You, you uh, think so. so it's going to be here's tough. the return in the James Harden trade. The Rockets are going to be the worst team in the league next year when they have their draft pick for the 2022 draft, when there are going to be a couple of really big prospects who are coming into the NBA. This has been a move about tanking since they traded James Harden. Mm -hmm. They brought in a first-time GM. They brought in a first-time coach. Those are both tanking kind of moves right there. They focused on picks over players the entire time here. They could have perhaps had Ben Simmons. That's another trade that was allegedly out there for the Rockets for James Harden. They didn't do that either. They've been trying to get bad. They've been trying to stay bad, and they got worse yesterday. So I almost think this is a good job by the Rockets. They didn't maximize the Victor Oladipo return, but maximizing the return to me is being a worse and worse team and getting a chance at one of these guys like Emony Bates or Chet Holmgren. I can't believe one of the best players in high school basketball right now is named Chet Holmgren. Is that 
that guy should Holmgren's son? No doubt. Get this yeah. guy a spot on the Packers sideline. <laughs> Shout out to Dwayner. Happy birthday today, buddy. Uh, but yeah, the Rockets, from the moment they traded James Harden, has been about the next era. This has been Christian Wood's team since they signed him. Sounds like a joke, but he's their best player, and he's the only guy that was ever going to be there for the future. Yeah. But they yeah. were 11 and 10 at one point, and we were, you know, sort of salivating over, well, maybe, maybe this is the redeemed team in Wall, Oladipo, uh, and Wood, plus wow. Cousins. Oogie. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. Cousins. Wow, there's a guy I hadn't thought about him in a second. Um, yeah. Let's wrap this up. I'll give you my loser from the trade deadline. Loser is harsh uh, with all of these, let's be honest. But the Lakers are a little bit of a loser for the trade deadline for me. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little baffled. If, the, if this reported deal to get Kyle Lowry was legit and the holdup was a second-year player in Talon Horton Tucker... Uh, and that's why they didn't want to do it. Like, if all of that is true, and by most reports, that's what they're saying, that's crazy to me. Uh, I think THT is a good player. I think he's a very solid player. He's super young, of course. I think he's 20 years old. He'll probably have a very long career because, uh, you know, he looks like he plays hard, gives it on both ends. But, like, you have LeBron James. You just won a title. And Lowry immediately helps boost your odds of winning a, a back-to-back championship. Like, I'm not crazy for thinking this, right? This is not the, the Homer Kyle Lowry fan in me. Like, he just... <laughs> especially with the injuries to your star players, absolutely helps your chances. And if you were that hung up on, again, maybe they think Horton Tucker is the next Kobe for crying out loud. I don't know, but I don't see it. And I was, I'm a little, again, just baffled, especially when you consider like, okay, because you could even then sign Lowry for next year. What's he want? Uh, he's going to probably want over $20 million, maybe even $25 million for a couple of seasons. But that might even still be cheaper than paying like Schroeder and who's going to ask for a lot of money has already made that clear. He wants like 20 million and thinks he's worth that. And then KCP. So uh, I was, I'm giving them a loser just because like, I think they could have got him and probably should have got Kyle Lowry to really help their chances to go back to back. Lee, am I insane for thinking that? No. And it sounds like Messiah Jerry would have been prepared. Uh, he, he was the one pushing that deal because he said he didn't want to send Kyle Lowry. He wanted to put him into a situation that was sort of respectful. So it sounds like the Lakers were the ones who were really like, no, we're not giving him up, right. which is which is surprising because you would think the Lakers would be like, yeah, we, 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 we're in win-now mode. We're not in who cares about how good Tyler, uh, Horton Tucker might be in five years. We need to win again this season. Um, and so it does seem a little off if that's the case, but who yeah. knows exactly yeah. how these uh, negotiations went. But Masai Jerry, he had his uh, post-trade deadline press conference, and he was pretty honest about it. He was like, you know, we weren't going to take pennies on the dollar. But we're also trying to get him to a situation that was, uh, you know, respectful and showed how much we appreciated what we did here for him. So, you know, I, I'm sure Masai could have traded him anywhere he chose to for, for the most part and just taken back anything in return. But he didn't want to do that. So uh, the Raptors stand pat and the Lakers, I think, missed an opportunity here if, uh, if that's the case. What do, you, what do you think, Tass? Did they miss an opportunity if that, if that deal was actually uh, legit? It's almost unbelievable that that would be the return uh, to get Kyle Lowry and they wouldn't pull it off. If that was it, if, if it was just Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you guys tell me because I'm not so well-versed <laughs> in Taylor Horton Tucker's uh, his potential is uh, Palenka thinks he's a 10 time all-star I guess. legendary I mean, Illinois boy yeah I mean he's good I like him like yeah. I said but uh, if yeah if that's the holdup in a potential Lowry deal I can't yeah, believe he, it you have a third star to add to your two guys when they come back I mean you're, you're the favorites maybe already still despite the injuries and maybe where you fall in the standings because you have LeBron and AD 
I mean, then you're with a bang, you're the favorites to come out of the West, I think, if you add a healthy Lowry to the mix. I would have even liked seeing Lowry playing alongside just Anthony Davis when Davis comes sure. back. That would have been a great way to stem the tide until LeBron is fully healthy and take a little bit of the playmaking uh, duties off both of those guys' shoulders yeah. because Lowry, Anthony Davis running that pick and roll would have been pretty unstoppable for a one-two punch that you never would have expected. So, yeah, you got to wonder, does Talon Horton Tucker go down on the list of very weirdly protected young players along the lines of Roderick Bobois and J.J. Hickson, <laughs> guys who were not moved because they were young and promising, but never totally fulfilled that promise. And it's like, maybe the Cavs should have done the Amari Stoudemire trade way back when. Wow. How many guys wow. have been yeah. possibly traded to be a LeBron James guy? Weird yeah. stuff. Weird yeah, stuff. it's a great point with some of those names. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe they know something we don't know in uh, THT. Uh, you know, Lakers fans love them. I, I get it. I think there are some that are happy. I saw a silver screen and roll the great Lakers blog, you know, talking about like, maybe we did blow this. Like maybe we missed an opportunity here. To, uh, to get an available Lowry and, again, could even still then sign him for next year. We'll see how it shakes up. Those are our trade deadline winners and losers. Let's hear from you guys in the stream team. Let's hear from you in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us at NoDunkSync. Uh, who did we miss? Can't get to all the teams, of course, and all the deals, but let us know which ones you'd like to talk about uh, in the comments there. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paolo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Tess, time for Worst of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Worst of the Week. Well, the worst of the week, undoubtedly, is the Los Angeles Lakers. We just talked about it. Did you hear? They could have had Kyle Lowry's caboose for the next few years. That boost does not break down. He would have been healthy going into third. It was kind of uh, under the radar yesterday. It was his birthday. It was Kyle Lowry's birthday. Yeah. yeah. That was strange. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, we talk about Kyle Lowry's name must have been said on the show and on what you need to know. Probably a thousand. Okay. I don't know. A lot of times. Maybe not a thousand, but a lot of times over the next, last four days. And we didn't talk about his birthday. Anyway, whatever. He's 35. Uh, and I think uh, the Lakers <laughs> made a mistake. So did the Sixers. They probably didn't have enough. Uh, and so did the Heat. Either way. They're not worst of the week. John uh, Hollinger likes the Sixers move of getting George Hill instead of Kyle Lowry for obviously the, what you pay him. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll see in the playoffs if that pays off. I get the George Hill, the Kyle Lowry light thing with George Hill. I'm a huge mm -hmm. George Hill fan. Plenty of playoff experience, like 120 
playoff games uh, in, in the experience department. But you, if, if that's going to pay off, that means Tobias Harris has to be a boss in the playoffs uh, because George Hill's not going to be able to take over. He was with the Bucks last year, and he was good, uh, but he's not going to take over a game anymore. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Lowry could have been that guy. He did it in the championship game. Uh, I think if you want to call it a win, uh, maybe from a GM Hollinger perspective, I, I get it. But from uh, winning on the basketball floor, you need Toby plus Embiid plus Simmons to, to really come through in the playoffs. We'll talk then. Um, right now, candidate number one. Okay. Oh, it's all you out there. Because when I asked you who is the worst of the week, this was early Thursday morning. It's about 8. These, these tweets came at me about 8.20, 8.30 a.m. Everybody, uh. everybody said Oh, no, this game is over. They're like the guy at the bar. They're like our buddy Grish. This thing is over. <laughs> yeah, Tristan it's 2 Goche. nothing, and they're calling it. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Tristan Goche, the trade deadline, LOL. That's the worst of the week. Paolo Rodriguez, this year's trade deadline. <laughs> Aaron Spidget, every single NBA podcast, talking every day about the trade deadline when nothing is happening. A little too soon, Spidget. And, and Thomas, <laughs> the fans, for setting really high expectations for every trade deadline, and almost every year we get disappointed. We really don't learn. Oh, man. Hey, we, we're all feeling it yesterday morning. Uh, did I, I did a show yesterday at 7 a.m. talking about Andre Drummond. Uh, that being maybe, maybe the biggest trade. And then boom, 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 boom. Oh, man. They started Record-breaking day. In. Yeah. All on the last day. And nobody would splurge for Kyle Lowry. I mean, I, I don't get it. I understand. You wait, you wait, you wait. You want to negotiate. I don't know. I'm still mad about the Lowry thing. Anyway, um, candidate number two. Now, this is a good debate. Uh, because Bo uh, sent this one in. He said, mm. D'Angelo Russell for tweeting and subsequently deleting a tweet for Anthony Edwards, his teammate, winning Rookie of the Year when news of LaMelo Ball's injury broke. And then somebody yeah. replied to him, RGCD, and said, he didn't delete the tweet. Oh, I said. Well, let me check out. Uh, yes, he did not delete the tweet. Yeah, I didn't think he did. No, that. he didn't. D'Angelo Russell tweeted Anthony Edwards, Rookie of the Year. Now, it wasn't exactly at the same time as uh, LaMelo Ball going down. It was Anthony Edwards playing a little bit later. But do you guys think that he should delete that tweet? Is it in bad No! God, no! You know how I feel about that. You're going to tweet it. Uh, leave it up. At least have some conviction if you want to stand behind that. I mean, I can. Get, I get why people were upset. Like, ooh, poor timing, bad taste. I mean, because the guy, the poor Lamelo, got injured. He was the front runner for rookie of the year. Yeah, your guy's playing well, and now you're like, you know, pumping his bags. Just bad timing. But no, I, I got no problem with him not taking it down, Trey. Yeah, it's just the timing that's a yeah. little off, and the phrasing of it. Like, if uh, you know, if D'Angelo Russell goes the full distance and just says Anthony Edwards. Rookie of the year to lose right now. I think that goes over a lot smoother if it's the next day, you know, rather than uh, happening the very same, uh, basically at the same time. So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm with you, Skeets. Don't delete it. Back it up. And a player supporting their teammates, it's hard to get upset about that. It was just a little too soony for me. Mm-hmm. Lee, you agree? Yeah, it's just the phrasing and the wording that he used. It's like you didn't need. It's like he's dancing on the grave of Lamelo. Oh, he broke his wrist. Oh, that's mm. it. You're uh, you're, you're going to win now because of that. Anthony Edwards has a strong case anyway, regardless of what happens to Lamelo Ball. So pump up your own teammate 
without basically taking a dump on somebody else or enjoying <laughs> somebody else's injury because that's what it felt like. It's like, and and why? Like, I don't, D'Angelo and Lamelo, as far as I know, don't have any beef. Like, there's no history there. So just pump the tires of your teammate. That's all you need to do. But yeah, once it's up, you, there's no point in deleting it because <laughs> yeah. everyone's going to screenshot it anyway <laughs> yeah, it's and rub it in there. your face. So you may as well just be like, yeah, all right, whatever. That's my tweet. Just just try to bury it in a uh, barrage of <laughs> other tweets. Just start tweeting about other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, you seen this robotic dog? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Distraction. Uh, yeah, there's D'Angelo Russell saying ROI, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah the, the, emoticon, the emoji there did not help him, I think. Nah, right? The yawning yeah. emoji. Yeah. I suppose yeah. it's saying uh, another day, another 25 <laughs> from Anthony Edwards, uh, but I'm not sure. It's, you can interpret it any way you want. And Lee, right. you said maybe there's, you know, there's no beef between him and the balls, but apparently, I don't know, somebody tweeted that uh, you know he wasn't um, – he was in L.A. early on in his career. He had the whole snitching situation there. Mm-hmm. And there was some sort of beef with older brother Lonzo. I don't know. Uh, either way. Uh, <laughs> oh, that sounds like this is going deeper than I anticipated. Yeah, that's way yeah, too deep. It's juicy. Yeah. Uh, it's too deep. Either way. Uh, Anthony Edwards could be rookie of the year. It's going to be a good race, but it's great news. LaMelo Ball reevaluated in what? It's going to be like three weeks pretty soon. He's potentially coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that's good news. Okay. Hey, now, don't, don't count out Tyrese Halliburton in this race. I know, I know. know. Kings are on a bit of a winning streak. I don't want to jinx anything. Why do you Uh, keep doing this to yourself? Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We had a great game last night. No, it's true. I'm being a bit of a D'Angelo Russell. I'm just saying, yeah, uh, LaMelo or Anthony Edwards, it's a two-dog race. Um, You know, I'm I'm dismissing everybody else, but James Wiseman is starting the rest of the season. How many guys are at the Rookie of the Year table right now? How many guys are in the conversation? Y'all know who I'm bringing. You know who I'm Bring in Pat. Oh, oh, he wants the florist there. He's going to deliver some flowers. Yeah, your buddy <laughs> That's <Dub>. right. <laughs> yeah, it's Patrick Williams people. is the guy that shows up at the dinner table asking you if you want to buy any yeah. roses to give to the other people sitting there. That's his job at this uh, at this MV, or Rookie of the Year table. Uh, that's, that's good. Good comment from Brad the Bandit there. This Rookie of the Race Year or Rookie of the Year race is over. Curtains. Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> nice. Okay, so the, candidate number three, this is a, a stretch. Definitely a stretch. And it, it, I, I'm giving it to all of us for not talking about Luke Kennard's beautiful Eurostep and three ball. The two things of the modern era that I'll probably remember the most, the three ball, of course, and the Eurostep. This guy did them both on the same play on a special night hold on, for him. Hold on, you're giving us worst of the week because we didn't talk about this lucky Luke Kennard shot. <laughs> I mentioned this. I mentioned oh, that he had a Eurostep to half-court heave at the yeah. end of the third quarter. Uh, eight for eight shooting in the second half, Luke Kennard. The Nard Dog, uh, Terrence Nardog, Mann. Yeah. What a comeback by these guys. Yes, worst of the week to you. Worst yeah. of the week to me. I missed it. I missed it. Yeah, there's... <laughs> There's some good fake stats to come out of that because Luke Kennard didn't play the first half. He was eight for eight in the second half. The first guy to go perfect with under 20 minutes, shooting four three-pointers or something. Uh, something oh, are you something. serious? Was that yeah. a stat going around? I yeah. Didn't see that. yeah, like, he had, like multiple threes under 20 minutes but going perfect from the floor, something like that. Uh, I think it was four threes. But, yeah, yeah, the Nard dog, I'm happy for him. Um, and so yeah, he got that he got that Euro step in there. I, I just want I want him to be good for this Clippers team right. because I want right. you know, whether Rondo really plays a huge factor, I think Luke Kennard could if he if he gets into it, if he becomes a little bit more aggressive. Apparently after that game he went into the locker room and they they drenched him with water because he went eight for eight. <laughs> uh, so it was a big celebration because he works hard. 
But I don't know. He's been uh, he's been sort of one of those uh, enigmas these last couple of years. Like, is he good? Is he not good? If he's in this role, will he be good? And he hasn't taken the reins uh, with the Clippers, but. Right now they're playing okay, and they brought over another jerk in, in Rajon Rondo. So, DBD with those Los Angeles Clippers. I know I was stretching. Uh, I was stretching it with Kennard, but had to get him in there. That's all uh, right. James Long, pretty good comment here in the stream team. He says, that makes Skeets and Trey two-time worst of the week winners <laughs> oh my God. in the same month. It's been a tough month for Skeets and Trey. Yeah, wow. We just get buried here in this yeah. segment. Um, I just checked. The Clippers got a nice win last night against the Spurs with uh, missing a lot of their guys, like no Kawhi and a uh, whole bunch of other guys weren't playing in this one. I guess Morris and Ibaka and stuff like that. Luke Kennard off the bench, 25 minutes, two for seven. Five points, minus four, uh, plus minus out there. So didn't contribute a whole bunch. Uh, but uh, Terrence Mann helping on the glass 12 boards for that man. Boards, not bad. Yeah. yeah, and Reggie Jackson had a good game. Uh, is that Luke Kennard, the first guy to go two of five with Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> Serge Ibaka, <laughs> yeah. not in yeah. the line. That was a nice moment, though. I don't know if you guys saw post-game Terrence Mann, his press conference. He pulled out Rajon Rondo's basketball card that he's had in his wallet since he was in middle school apparently <laughs> wow oh i didn't i didn't see that yeah and rondo, cool. rondo coming over to play with the clippers yeah apparently uh i guess somebody compared him to rondo or something or so he got the card and then he had the best game he, he got he made the a team he called it he made some team in high school and then he said he would never ever let it go it was a good luck charm for him so he pulled <laughs> it out and showed it to the camera nice. pretty funny I- I just realized uh, the Clippers played a guy that's probably your favorite player in the league last night, Lee. I, t- I totally forgotten about this guy. Do you uh, know what I'm talking about? Amir Coffee. That's right. <laughs> Amir Coffee. That's your guy, right? <laughs> you love coffee. You got to yeah. get a coffee jersey. Yeah, I think it was Iron Eagle. Had a, I mean, Iron Eagle loves a pun anyway. Uh, yeah, something about a strong brew, he said the other day. I can't remember what it was. But, <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah, I mean, they're just so easy, aren't they? Those sort of puns for him. So, <laughs> Were you a big Paul Coffey fan uh, back in the NHL days? Uh, yeah. No. Not a, <laughs> Not a big fan. <laughs> All right. Uh, 23 minutes for coffee last night, Lee. Does it take you more or less to make your espresso in the morning? Well, that's about how long it oh does take God. from the time I turn it on and let the uh, oh, let the Lalique coffee machine warm up and I grind. It's a process. That's I'm not like Skeety where you just can't wait. You've got no patience. That's what makes coffee even better. You just you just give yourself a chance. You, you think about it. It's like going on vacation. You're like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for it to come. It's going to be beautiful. And then you go and brew it and enjoy it and it's worth the wait. Oh, like a vacation uh, in your cup. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the best part of waking up, a vacation in your cup after you've been up for an hour. Oh, yeah, man. When you grind those beans and you're Okay, like, okay. We're not doing this again. Uh, Dylan wanted uh, us to know why we weren't talking about Foxy California. I've never heard Darren Fox called that. Scoring explosion last night. Career high 44. It's because uh, it, it, we... We can't talk about the Kings. That's right. You know, you know they're, right. they're playing well. I've already said too much. I already, I legit already said too much. So uh, sorry, we're just moving on. But uh, he did get Woe Boy, if that makes you happy. Okay, let's uh, start wrapping this up somewhat soon. We got to get to tweet of the night, though. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Okay, this was spurred by Thursday night's happy hour. There was a lot of looking back, a lot of photos coming up, a lot of old videos coming up. And so Tweet of the Night is an old video from our first live Basketball Jones show. This is January 2012. We are live! That's right. Our sixth 
sixth season of the Basketball Drones. That's, that's a dynasty. That's insane. Um, and yeah, we've taken things to a new level here this year. Not only do we have a three camera shoot, four camera shoot, we got a full studio here. We are live, as you said to us, live on the interwebs. Mm. Trey Kirby Trey will Kirby. be handling the Twitters, the TBJ hashtags. Guys, I'm plugged in right now. I'm Holy man, how many computers are you I have all of the computers on earth right now. <laughs> Trey, you're gonna be working the tweets, right? The hashtag TBJ. Yeah, I got my hashtag. My hashtag? My hashtag game. Good. It's on point. So you're, when we- You're gagging over there on your hashtags. <laughs> Can't hashtag the hashtag. Trey Kirby, you tell us what's going on. Stand up for us and tell <laughs> yeah. us what's going on. <laughs> Uh, from Benny, Skeets with a goofy new haircut. <laughs> sure. From Michael Ludeman, nice haircut, Skeets. Thank you. <laughs> from Steve Hallman, so Jay Skeets' hair is a new thing. <laughs> but that's not it. We got some tasks. I, I don't feel so bad about my gray hair after seeing Tass. Boom. Whoa. Boom. And then last but not least, of course, more hair issues. I think Tass is turning gray. All right, this was a horrible yeah, that, idea. I'm just gonna is... throw that out there right now. This live idea, this Trey Kirby reading tweets on air, a horrible idea. Do you have any more this losers is, here before we go to break? This is the hair Jones. That's all we talk yeah, about sure. here. Yeah, sure. Hey, it's not a new haircut for you, just less spike. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A little, little more euro, less spike. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. the end of the clip there. Um, oh. It. Uh, yeah, I was... Looking back, who did our, my makeup there? That You're, was, you look like you're wearing like eyeliner or something to me, right? Yeah, some, yeah. Some, it looks like there's a mask happening or something. I, I, I can't really put my finger on. I do miss that band. First, I miss the intersection. Great intersection. Oh, Great intersection. beautiful. John, what was it? John and uh, King, right? King and John. Well, Blue King Jay's and Blue Jay's Way. Way or yeah. King and Peter. Peter, that's it, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. you're going one down. You're, you're yeah. one street over from... Maybe you're thinking John Levy, the owner of the building. <laughs> I think I was. Uh, but John, John Street, one street over. Uh, and obviously, I missed that banner behind us. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's a nice mm. banner. Oh, yeah. Looking back, it's a piece of art. And also, I guess this was our first live show, like where we actually were going live. We, you know, recorded and, and posted our show for years, many iterations of the show prior to that. Um, but that one, I guess. Because we were working out the kinks, there was a camera in the way of Trey. I mean, we just didn't <laughs> yeah, that was really that weird. Jib it. <laughs> just a giant jib in the way. Yeah. Well, I wasn't directing, so. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. So there you go. But yeah, it was awkward because that was in the corner, right? Like your set was in the corner. And mm -hmm. Yeah, we didn't have access to that big screen yet. We worked out right. the kinks, I think. Uh, we got there eventually. Oh, yeah. I do miss the fire trucks going, uh, ripping through the background. <laughs> <laughs> you should go back and watch that whole episode because you get a fire truck. You get, uh, oh, wow. the, I, I'm in it. I do a, a, a Facebook thank you. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff. It's just, it's worth watching okay. for sure. Um, yeah, we had some fun on the happy hour last night playing. Tass, you weren't there for that one uh, at this point, but episode 666 from those days back mm -hmm. in the Basketball Jones. And, uh, uh, it was a weird episode. I think we got to rip. We got to rip that and put that up as a certified classic, though. Yeah, it, sure. it's we were howling watching that last night together. Yeah, was, Matty was killing it as the, as the devil uh, in that clip. Okay, nice little twist there to tweet Great of the night. One. Pick'em results. It was the Philly Lakers game. A lot of us took LA to cover. You know, as the dogs here, plus four and a half. But Philly got it done. It got real close at the end. You know, we were watching it sort of uh, half-assed and happy. I was like, oh, they might backdoor cover here. But um, Lee, the only correct one with that pick. Good job, mate. Ben um, Simmons free throw sealed it. Yeah. Big win for you, too, because 
You are now tied with Tass for second last. I'm seven and nine. I'm coming up in the rear. Trey's fine. He's 10 and six. But I mean, how many days are left here in March because of the weekend? We got tonight. And I guess we got a, a couple there next week. Four uh, more days? Yeah. Much. So, I mean, I'm not out of the clear unless JD yeah. starts picking for me again. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You are not out of the clear yet. But I, I really need to gain a game on mm. either Lee or Tess. But what's our, what's our, what are we picking from tonight, Tess? Let's stick with the Lakers because it's, uh, it's difficult picking their games. They're mm. at home, and now they're the favorite. They were four-and-a-half-point dogs last night. They're now five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cleveland Cavaliers because they're coming to town. But the Cavs fresh off a win over the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but the Lakers obviously still depleted, uh, although you know we will get some Anthony Davis news soonish. That he's being reevaluated, but yeah, they don't obviously don't have him or LeBron or Kyle Lowry for this game. Uh, so Lakers five and a half point favorites against the Cavs. Skeet, start us off. This is tough. Uh, I have no read on this. I don't know what to expect from the Lakers. Like this would be bad. Like they have two winnable games here. I think uh, this one and then there's a, a, another fairly easy team. But if they don't win these, there's we'll be talking on Monday about the panic setting in for the Lakers and then maybe you know falling in the playoff race or in the standings. I should say. And oh yeah, like how long is LeBron going to be at and all that. But all that said, this is the Cleveland Cavaliers we're talking about here. Give me the Lakers, five and a half. It is a weird line. I don't like. It's a little too big for my liking. But yeah, sure. That's a, a ten ten point swing from one night to the yeah. other. Uh, hmm. Interesting stuff. Trey, what do you got? I like the Cavs on this one. Back to back for the Lakers and Cleveland might be looking like a second half spoiler here. Three wins in their last five. They beat the Celtics, Raptors, and Bulls, all teams that are better than them. Catching people by surprise, I think, a little bit here. Lee, what you got? Yeah, it is, a, it is a bit of a tough one, but I just think the Lakers have got enough in them to cover that line. To, what is it, five and a half, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think the Lakers by six. <laughs> wow. Precisely I mean, six. It's, it's, I don't know, the Cavs, I'm not sure what to make of them, but uh, I, I think the Lakers kind of need a win and they can sort of get one there tonight. So I'll yeah. take Los Angeles. I will take uh, L.A. by the number of appearances Taylor Horton Tucker will make in an all-star game. That's 10. Wow. Lakers by 10. Oh, hold on. Hold on. If you guys are taking the Lakers, then I'm switching it up. I'm going with Trey. I'm taking the Cavs. <laughs> oh. I, I got to make up a game here. You, 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 I see go. what you guys are doing. Uh, give me the Cavs. Uh, come on, you Cleveland. Still, you still got time. What did Trey say? Four nights. You're gonna. You're pulling it. Nah, I don't. I, I'll, I'm gonna be tied with both of you now. After tonight, after the Cavs cover. Actually, you're picking the Cavs. I'm taking. No, I'm <laughs> nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, good. I'm good with <laughs> Tim Horton Tucker. Come on. Uh, okay, so Trey and I have Cleveland plus five and a half. These guys have the Lakers winning by six or 10 points. Uh, (laughs) Good luck to everybody. Okay, let's end this drop in style, Lily. A little rapid fire fun. Yeah, you're asking the questions. I edited them for you. (laughs) Good job. Good job on that. Good job. Work to to my plan to a treat there. Uh, Okay, first question comes from Mujahid all the way from Saudi Arabia. Wow. Recently, I fell behind on the podcasts and shows before LeBron got injured, and while I started to catch up, there was talk about his MVP case availability and how impossible it is for LeBron to get injured. Whoops. Describe a time where you put yourself through a lot of misery for no apparent reason, and you just can't help it. JD. Uh, so, <clears throat> we, uh, whenever we w- would go to to the Humane Society. Uh, I, I can't help myself but wanting to uh, adopt a dog. Mm. So, and it's, you know, rescue dogs can be a lot of work. Um, 
because you don't really know where they come from. Uh, and then one specific time where we, I, 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 I've adopted dogs before, but this the last time, and it will be the last time, I, uh, I, we adopted a dog. He was in very rough shape. His name was Grover. And he had, uh, we, they said that they, all they knew about him is that, that he was tied up outside all the time. And uh, it was, you know, the poor guy. And he had, like, his teeth were, like, askew because he was chewing on a, on a uh, gate, like a metal gate. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so bad. And uh, we adopted him. I knew it was going to be miserable because, you know... It, this the poor guy was was just abused basically um we had him for four months and then he bit me like badly like i had to go to the hospital kind of thing so we had to send him back so all the whole thing was miserable but i couldn't help myself and i said it's the last time i'd do it but i i probably (laughs) will do it again because you can't help it you can't help it you gotta you know dogs man they just get you (laughs) that's it um well, what do I put myself, or what do I suffer from? I mean, I, this, I love suffering. I do it every day, man. I am, I am a Greek at heart. We love to suffer. Uh, I, and since I've moved, I do it all. Oh, happy Greek Independence Day yesterday, by yeah, the way, everybody. Yeah, I just saw that this morning on Instagram. Wow, 200 years. Nice. You GD Turks, get out of here. Um, <laughs> Uh, so since I've moved, I've been suffering all the time. I, I don't want to go out of my way to take something out of my car that doesn't need to be in there. I'm driving uh, a good amount, but I'll leave tons of boxes that are in there. JD, I've got a ton of boxes in my car sitting oh, there waiting you, for you to deliver to deliver to you for your move. But I just I, they're sitting there. They're you know, occasionally bot me on the head I won't take him out of my car uh, for a while I had uh, my kids car seat on the front seat just sitting there because the back was so full I could have taken it out and put it somewhere didn't do that either and most recently Skeets I've got a garbage can for you that's sitting yeah. in my car uh, <laughs> you're getting a new Costco garbage can exciting yeah, stuff your beautiful wife uh, offered to uh, pick us up one at Costco I think she was over there the other day great deal apparently 50 bucks for this thing that's like going on for 100 plus I think yeah. you guys have it right yeah. yeah way cheaper than what we got it for and now it's sitting beside me it's in my passenger seat we're cozying up me in a garbage oh. can but I'm just Don't too lazy to take it out garbage can don't you replace <laughs> it with the new one. Oh, that would be crazy. hey what's so special about this garbage can <laughs> it's a uh, I mean no, honestly nothing it's got a nice pedal though nice slow clothes <laughs> good size for a garbage can just yeah. sleek it's, it's nice it's, it's just a looking. nice upgrade from ours yeah, yeah. I mean a hundred a hundred seems steep for a garbage know, can at retail it's a yeah. Kohler um, it's it is nice yeah it, it's one that you can leave out and not have to hide it it's it's you know, kind yeah. of, stylish okay. it's kind of attractive it's got a nice little latch that keeps it open um, for a while you don't have to put your foot on oh, it oh that is nice, nice yeah you, you showed me that okay. feature when I was over at your place yeah. uh, you sold me this guy sold me like you got sold a green egg there Lily this guy sold me on this uh, garbage can I wonder why it's gone so cheap I think uh, Danny's getting like a kickback or something on this so you guys get some some scam going on. I love it though. All right, well, I gotta get that from you. But you live uh, too far away, so I'll never get it. <laughs> Trey, you were trying to get Matteo to help you with the answers last night. Uh, how did he go? Came through in the clutch. A time that I put myself through a lot of misery for no reason, waxing my back with Matt. You know, yeah. he's got a hairy back. That guy, he needs it. But me, I'm just there to support my friends. And of course, I love a tradition. The start of summer is when you get your back waxed. You got that smooth feel once you get into the pool. Unfortunately, now 
I have a real reason to get my back waxed since I took a year off and it came back like a cape and no Matt Austin to go to Sweet Peach with me. So I really shot myself in the back on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next question comes from Pablo Miller out in beautiful Perth, Australia. Uh, Wednesday, April the 1st will mark 365 days of me consecutively running five kilometers every day. Wow. I started on a whim back at the start of COVID due to the uncertainty of life and wanting to stay active while the gym shut. I thought I'd last a week. My question, what's something you started on a whim and then stuck with? JD. Yeah, I was really stuck on this one. So I did a uh, Google search of things you do on a whim. And I came across this article that was basically four things you should never do on a whim. Oh, oh can we guess them? Is it possible? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, like a diet. Buy a car or something like that? No. Think oh. of something permanent. Tattoo. 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 Tattoo, body art. Good one. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be something financial. Right? Yeah, I thought that's why I thought house or car or like... Uh, Buy a no? coal or garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, okay, just show lo- Okay, so, uh, so body art is the first one. Sure. I, on a whim, not a tattoo, but I got my tongue pierced uh, back in the 90s. Rock and roll. Before... Before it was the thing to do. Oh, you were cool. Uh, I was cool, and then I took it out when it wasn't cool anymore. Uh, Love, sex, and relationships was number two. Definitely every single love, sex, or relationships, or or breakups as well. Uh, Always done on a whim. Always. 100% of the time for me. College, literally... I'm going there. That's it. Like that was, there was no backup. There was no nothing. It was just, I'm going to Ryerson and that's that. And then jobs and careers. My career is literally was started on a whim. This show was a whim. And here we are 15 years later. So, so there you go. Wow. You're killing it on whims, it sounds yeah. like, actually. Yeah, living it up, man. <laughs> yeah. Got in early on tongue piercing, got in, out, got out before it became too big. Out. I love yep. it. Uh, Does. Well, JD, I got to go with you there. Um, for the whim, I am uh, I, on the podcast train with you. We started it on a whim. Every version of the podcast as well. Uh, you know, hey, well, let's do a daily audio show. Let's do a daily video show. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's do, you know, what you need to know. Let's do, let's do that. Let's make everything. Everything's on a whim. Yeah, and then uh, we true. just figure it out. It's like when we name a segment, uh, yeah, the name is good. And so then we just figure out afterwards, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Um, this or that. No, what's, give me, give me some, what you got. Uh, figure it out. Uh, trick yeah. or tweet was, yeah, was always, trick or tweet is always like the, the pinnacle of that to me, <laughs> where we're like, trick or tweet, great, great name. The game was pretty weird. Pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty brutal Struggle. game. Struggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TK. Uh, for me, it's tucking in my shirts. Uh, I started at the starters <laughs> just as a, as an every once in a while. Then the last dance came out last year and I started tucking non-stop and I don't think I can ever go back at this point it just feels too business-like to me you know wake up in the morning throw on a pair of shorts tuck in and I'm ready to go awesome nice okay uh this week on the podcast Warriors forward Draymond Green declared himself to be the best defender to ever play this game okay dudes toot that horn bang that drum it's your time what are you the best ever at JD go-karts 
I went to a, I went to a kid's birthday party uh, a couple of years ago at uh, I don't know like an indoor thing I think it was Andretti's or something. Oh yeah. So there's a bowling alley there. There's all these video games and then there's this awesome go kart track inside, and uh, all of the adults that were at the party got went and and did the go karts, and I smoked everywhere. Like I was incredible uh and you know like some really competitive people too so i'm the best ever (laughs) at go-karting we always talked about doing that in vegas and never got around to doing it we gotta do it because i want a piece of you jd in vegas and never did any of it i want to get out on that track against you jd because i I raced my uh, brother-in-law in in lima last christmas Uh lapped him i lapped him so, you know. Just because you guys wow. got lucky with the uh, go-kart you got handed to you. Nah. That's, yeah, that's, that's part of it. <laughs> Last <laughs> Christmas, I lapped my brother-in-law <laughs> in Lima, Peru. Uh, for me, uh, you know, we, we generally, a lot of us, outsource these questions. We ask our loved ones, what am I the best at? Uh, so I asked Danielle, and she outsourced it to my three-and-a-half-year-old. And so, so Danielle asked Zoe, and Zoe said, the best at working. And Danielle said, did you hear that? And so Zoe repeated, she said, you're the best at working. And she came over to me and she gave me a huge lips to lips kiss. It was so <laughs> sweet, a real kiss. And uh, and I was like, is she being passive aggressive? Like, is she saying that, <laughs> she's saying, you know, maybe I, yeah, daddy works too much? Around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, drive me more, get that, get that garbage can out of that passenger seat, <laughs> drive me around, dad. Uh, or maybe she just thinks I work a lot. I don't know, do. I, don't, I don't work that much. Anyway, that's my answer. <laughs> Dre, take us home. I think she just enjoys your performance, Tass. You know, yeah. I turn on uh, What You Need to Know and watch it with the girls in the morning, and they love seeing you up early. So I, I think you just have a fan in your own household. Oh, but nice. uh, for me, I outsourced this one as well to the stream team last night. What are you the best ever at? Syed came through, said, announcing when things are back. And I think that's exactly right. Of the five of us, I'm probably the earliest adopter among things. So if something that wasn't back starts trending back, I'm going to say it right away and maybe it'll pay off in the future. You know, I said the Bulls, the Knicks, the Hornets and the Cavs are back. I said it in January. Three of the four were back. Yeah. The only thing you were not an early adopter to was Slack. Yeah, I, I botched it on Slack. I, I, I botched it on Slack and I said... I'm never going back to botching things like that. Don't fight the future, man. Uh, that's why, like, when the NBA is like, oh, should we do a four-point line? Everybody says, nah, nah, don't do a four-point line. I don't want to be the guy who thinks they shouldn't have done a three-point line back right. in the 1970s. Right. Yeah. The future, you can't fight it. You can fight it for a little bit, but it's coming no matter what. So you might as well embrace it. Mm, good advice there as we wrap up this drop podcast. Super long one. This has turned oh, into an NBA happy yeah. hour. Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. <laughs> I saw you on your phone while uh, Tass was answering away. Oh, jeez. There's something cool about wearing like a helmet, though, and going into a go-kart. Like you feel like a Formula cool One driver. Wearing a helmet. You're not driving without your glasses on? It's yeah, illegal. I had contacts on, but uh, oh, okay. so you got the neck brace and everything because there's something cool about when Formula One drivers get out, they take off their shoulder straps and then yeah. they step out and then undo all the stuff. Like, it's it's awesome. Let's do it, JD, sometime. Let's go to Andretti's. I know yeah. where that is. Yeah, man. I'm in. Let's right. do it. Let's, let's get that, that second dose and then we're hitting yeah. the go-kart seat. I love it. No, with F1 starting this weekend, too, a little perfect timing. Perfect timing. Guys. Yeah, everybody in the stream team keeps saying, who's going to win the Bahrain GP? <laughs> Hamilton. Ricardo. Yeah. yeah. He's not throwing away his shot. Oh! <laughs> oh! 
Lewis. And the other one. What was his name? Alexander, right? Alexander Hamilton was the was the movie. <laughs> I would have liked that better if it was about Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I agree. Uh, email us your NBA questions for the next Beach Devin podcast, nodunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Just hit 35,000. Let's get to 40K by Monday. Hey, you know, aim for the stars. Uh, grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and subscribe to The Athletic for just a dollar a month. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Or if you're in Canada, theathletic.com slash no dunks Canada. That's sort of all one word there, no dunks Canada. All right. Fun drop. Fun shows this week. Uh, we will see you back on Monday. Hey, is Matty O jumping in for very solid plays today? I we mean, were, that's we where we left it with him last <laughs> night. Uh, oh, man. So that yeah. will be a special treat in your uh, No Dunks YouTube um, feed. So subscribe to get VSP, hopefully featuring uh, Matty O with Lee, which would be... Uh, so uh, I can't wait to see his thumbs. Yeah. Oh, again. <laughs> Hercules. Hercules. Right, yeah. uh, Clipper Bros, take us home. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, you can't stop the future. Embrace the weekend, people.